Welcome to Mind Over Matter, where we feature young Jamaicans who are shooting for the stars. I'm your host, Margaret Boyne. My guest is only 21 years old. She's an analyst at one of the world's leading investment companies on Wall Street, the Morgan Stanley. She holds a first-class honors degree in actuarial science from the University of the West Indies and is a past student of Manchester High School. My guest is Tashe Bowes. Welcome to my Endover Matter, Tashe. Thank you, Margaret. It's indeed an honor to be your guest today. Yes, I'm looking forward to this convo. I'm 21 years old and you're working at one of the leading investment banks, um, Morgan Stanley. I mean, that's a major accomplishment. Um, how did that come about? Okay, well, just like any other job, I went onto the website, you know, I knew from the start of my career journey that I wanted to be at one of the leading investment banks. I will always strive to be at the top. And so I went online, looked at the different openings that Morgan Stanley had, you know, and applied did the interview process, which I must say was extremely tedious. However, I, you know, prevailed. <laughs> I can imagine because um, I'm sure that their recruiting process wouldn't be very easy. Yes, it wasn't. And, you know, coming from a school outside of the U.S., it was very challenging for me seeing that, you know, I didn't study here. I don't have a U.S.-based degree. And another thing, too, I'm very new in terms of career. I'm very, it's very early in my career. I've never had a full-time job before. And so the lack mm -hmm. of experience, I, I, you know, think or I, I deem that to be a disadvantage. But I'm happy it worked out in my favor. Yes. Um. Tashe, when I think about Wall Street, um, I don't know if you probably saw any of this movie, any, any um, the movie called Wolf of Wall Street. I think about this movie, I think about the competitive nature, I think about the whole heap of work. Um, tell, me, tell me what's the experience is like so far at um, Morgan Stanley. Okay, so just as you, had, just as you said, you hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> it's competitive with there, you know, I'm amongst the best of the best persons mm. who are very much uh further in their career persons who went to ivy leagues persons who are just very much successful and accomplished and i look at that as motivation i find mm. it to be very you know fulfilling it, it it gives me a sense of something to hope for you know i see these persons and i aspire to be like them and so Definitely, that's one thing I'd say. Another thing about the experience, too, it's a very supportive environment. So as much as you are amongst persons who are probably way more um, developed in their career, they're very supportive. So always mm -hmm. there to lend a helping hand and just to help me along the way in anything or in any matter that I need them to. Mm -hmm. So what exactly do you do? Okay, so I'm a client tax operations analyst. And so oh, in that, nice. I... Yes, I work in, work in wealth management, so we're about managing client data in terms of stocks, mm -hmm. dividends, working with different tax slips and so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> so are you... Oh, tax, yeah, yeah, right. Are you one of the youngest um, person there? Oh, yeah, definitely on my team, I'm the youngest person. I'm also very small in statute too, so I'm the shortest. Really? Just, <laughs> <laughs> the smallest. So but you're the baby, so I, I imagine that they'll be, you know, looking out for you and assisting you along the way. Yes, most definitely. 
Mm-hmm. So you've graduated um, from the University of the West Indies with a first-class honor, honors degree in actuarial science. Um, I've often heard that this is one of the most difficult programs there. Um, how difficult was it? So overall, I give the actuarial science program a 9 out of 10 in terms of difficulty level. <laughs> it was it was manageable in the first year. First year was a bit introductory. And so, you know, you expect to be just transitioning from high school to university. So stuff that you're familiar with. But as soon as it hits second year, you're being exposed to completely new topics, new <laughs> and I must say that the transition from first to second year is an extremely big jump but I had a very supportive group of friends and lecturers and so it was it became manageable over time but I definitely say that the program is very rigorous mm-hmm. <laughs> very rigorous for, for um so how um did you make it through I mean getting a first class honors I mean you know that that is major Yes, thank you. Uh, so, I mean, as I said, I had a very supportive group of friends and I was also motivated by the scholarship that I had. I was a UE Open Scholarship recipient. Okay. And so you know, if you're, you're an ambassador for the university, you know, you're on a full scholarship, the highest attainable scholarship at the university at that. And so there was also that level of, I don't want to say pressure, maybe mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. pressure on me to do well because I have to keep my scholarship and also be an ambassador for the university. And so there are a lot of persons who are looking up to me. I had different mentees. And at the same time, my mentors are in the field as well. One of my mentors did actuarial science as well. One was in the program while I was there as well. And so it was definitely um, fueled by the motivation that I had from my support group. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm Okay, so, so for some of my young viewers, what is actuarial science? Okay, so actuarial science is a discipline that encapsulates mathematics, statistics, computer science, and even economics. And so it's the discipline in which persons use risk assessment, use mathematics and other computational uh, ta- tools to predict the future basically mm-hmm. we work in either meteorology we work in finance we work in insurance work in basically every sector that you could think of and the main notion or the driving force behind actuarial science is predicting risks for the future mm-hmm. but um you were also involved in a lot of extracurricular at um ue what were some of the things that you did yeah, so that's definitely something I pride myself in saying that I'm a real, well-rounded individual. If there's someone watching today, <laughs> advice that I give to you is to become involved as much as you can manage. To mm-hmm. answer your question, though, I was involved in debating. Funny enough, a lot of something that a lot of persons don't know about me, I actually played a lot of sports in my mm-hmm. life. I played hockey, I played football, okay. I did track. At UE, I played football. I was even playing cricket, but I was like on a hall and block level. Mm-hmm. I I did some training too with the hockey team at UE. Um, and other extracurricular activities that were involved in leadership. I was a member of the Guild Council at UE, so I was on the leadership body of the university. I served as a hall chairperson for Irving Hall, big up Irving. As a part of debating, I was doing quiz. I was I was really involved in probably everything that you could think of i i I enjoy 
being involved. If I'm ever in a state of my life that I'm stagnant or just focusing on academics, I think that I'd probably just go crazy. It helps me to, it, the balance really just helps me to work and perform. I think I perform optimally when I'm involved in other things. Maybe it won't work for somebody else, but that was just my mm-hmm, personality. Like, mm-hmm. I have realized over the years. Mm-hmm. So what, how did you um, balance both? You know, how, how did you make it happen? Okay, so initially, I struggled at managing that. That's something I must admit. It was very challenging for me in the first year of university, transitioning from high school, where I was involved in a lot of extracurricular activities. However, at the university level, they're much more demanding in addition to mm-hmm. the rigorousness of my, pro- of my program, actuarial science. And so when I hit first year and I was uh, doing leadership on Irving Hall and still doing the sports, still doing debating, still just involved with everything. It became overwhelming mm-hmm. and it took a toll on my grades. It took a toll on my emotional and mental health. And I had to cut back on some of those activities. But as soon as I got a grip and understood how to better balance and manage this, then I was just well on my way to doing mm-hmm. better. I never stopped in, in my first year. That's when I was a block representative. Well, in my second year, I was a block representative on Irving Hall. And so, that's the time when my grades, you know, kind of suffered a bit. Mm-hmm. And after that, I got a grip of myself. The following semester, I, did, I outdid myself. I did even better that, than I did the previous years. I've got the highest GPA I ever got mm-hmm. <laughs> at that time. And that was a time that I really understood the importance of me being involved, but on a level that's controllable. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I understood that that's when i went i ran for hall chair on the guild and i was balancing that and i was also the deputy vice president of ue stat which is the ue students today alumni tomorrow where i was a ambassador for the vice chancellor and within those positions in addition to my actuarial science program in third year i felt at peace i felt mm-hmm. that i performed at my highest potential and i must say that it was a rewarding experience Okay. So when did your love for math start? I mean, when did everybody <laughs> notice a boy? You're good at it, you know? <laughs> okay. So that started about grade five, grade six. Another very interesting story, I must say, about my life. So earlier in in school, so early in prep school, about grade two, grade three around there, I used to get headaches every time I did math. I used to go home and tell my parents that I hate math, I hate math, I hate math. <laughs> I was such an overactive at the time. And so I was, you know, coming probably second in my class, like if I remember correctly, every single year. And the, the grade or the subject that would bring me down, bring down my average every year was math. Really? So math was <laughs> obstacle, this big hurry in my life that it just seemed to just never go away, never disappear. I remember my mommy took me to the doctor once <laughs> because I told him that I just had headaches every time I did math and he told me that it was probably a mental block. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I was just trying to find an excuse to get the subject out of my way because this one plus one, two plus two thing was just not working out for me. I did not want to do <laughs> And so what happened is that I was about to do diagnostic tests. I think that's in grade three where you do the numer- numeracy and literature mm-hmm. test or grade four. I don't remember which grade. Yeah. Don't go. I had a three or four. Yeah, yeah so that's three or four. And then my mother 
was the one who would bring up past papers and really write questions from my okay. curriculum at school. And so when she did that, because I was very, very competitive, I've always been my entire life, from playing sports to doing music to doing choir to just being involved in drama, everything, as I told you before. That competitive spirit now, because my mother was setting these questions and what she did was to face off with me. So she would write the questions mm-hmm. and then she would do the same test that I was doing. Of course, mm-hmm. no, my mommy is getting a higher score than me. I was like, no, man. This <laughs> I was like, no. No, you're that competitive. <laughs> no way. And I think it has worked out for me um, mm. positively. And so I found a way to just get over these things. I was spending extra time. No, mommy would see me taking up a math book, just spending extra time playing around with addition, subtraction, mm-hmm. all. and then eventually I just grew to like it. Moving mm-hmm. on to grade six, it was one of my highest scores in GSAT, then univers- I mean, high school, moving on to high school now, the teachers, I had a really great math teacher at Manchester High School, Mrs. Malcolm, very amazing teacher. She really groomed that love that I had for the subject and really let me understand certain principles and core values and how mathematics is really important in every industry mm-hmm. everything that you do there's some level of math some level of analytics that is involved and so i grasp now not only a loving for it in terms of on a scholastic or an academic basis but also just in real life and just an appreciation for the discipline of math itself and so that just fueled my liking for it. And then I started to research now to find careers that involve math because I was just in love with math at this point. Mm-hmm. Went on to be the president of the math club at Manchester High School. Mm-hmm. Had different initiatives with math. Did some tutorship for students. We're mentoring students with math. And so I'm just becoming this math girl. Everybody knows mm-hmm. what I'm doing math. They sent me up from my high school to UE to do the Mathematics Olympiad from a very tender age. And so when I found this career, that had econ and math because i liked econ as well and statistics so anything really um analytic based that was just me mm-hmm. and so when i found out about actuarial science it was just a go for me and it has been a history mm-hmm. since then good but a lot of our students though um tashi complain about math that boy you know and the grades are so low for math in any case what do you think um um, is it cause of that? Is it how it's taught? Or? Interestingly, I did a thesis on this about a week ago. I was really, really? I, I was I was writing something about this, yes, and I was explaining to someone, someone here that in Jamaica there is this, I think for a lot of persons, their non-mastery of the subject has to do with their attitude towards it. Mm-hmm. And that I can say that from a personal point of view, because this is something that I struggled with before. And I'm very um, dedicated and devoted to make a change with regards to this. I, as I said before, I have done many tutorship sessions, many mentorship for students who have struggled with the subject. I did this at my church, in my community. I'm always doing this, did it at UE as well. And I think the underlying problem is, I think it's a societal problem because I think it's also passed down from you know, parents <laughs> don't, don't like math, and they tell the children, "Yeah, mommy, never like math in a school, math hard." So you know, you come up. I think I'm so, one of those parents, you know, Tashi. Right? <laughs> and so it's a generational thing. It's a generational thing. I can also say that 
there, there isn't necessarily a haven or an aura attached to persons excelling in math. It's always, you know, being a doctor, being a lawyer, being an engineer, mm-hmm. even though engineering does have some level so, of math in it. There's not necessarily em- a lot of emphasis placed on math-based careers. And so from a tender age, because there's a vast majority of persons who don't like math, you grow up and you're in primary school, you're in high school, and yeah, man, you know, you just need to pass math and six, six mm-hmm. and that's it. You don't need to be always here. You don't need yeah. five first year in, in, in real life. You don't right. need to life, so you don't need to know it. But there are a lot of persons who use that. I use that in my career, and that's just my reality. Mm-hmm. But I think that the the awareness is something that can be improved to help the, the numeracy rate in Jamaica, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mentioned Manchester High School. So um, you're, you're, you're from St. Elizabeth? Well, I'm from a community called Balbec, which is on the border of Manchester. Okay. And Went to school mm-hmm. in St. Elizabeth and also in Manchester. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm what was... Manchester, though. Okay. Um, what was home life like? Okay, so at home, in a nuclear family, myself, mommy, daddy, I have two older siblings, but they live abroad. Uh, very supportive, extended family as well. You know, grew up in the church, grew up, okay. you know, with certain morals and principles and <laughs> a very streamlined life. What do you think are some of the factors that has led to your success so far? I must, must, and will undoubtedly say, my support system the motivation on the extrinsic motivation that you receive from family friends mentors teachers lecturers is extremely important in anyone's success mm-hmm. and i think this is something that's also lacking in jamaica persons in different inner city communities or just unsupportive communities in general tend to think of themselves as less than or believe that they are less fortunate than others because of what they hear every day. And so I grew up in an environment where I was always hearing, you're great, you're doing great, you're going to be great, you're doing well, keep pushing, congratulations. I grew up hearing those words. And so that was just always a motivation for me to move on to next hurdle. And in that hearing, congratulations, my father would always underscore the point of having room for improvement. But I came home and I got 99. He's like, oh, I never get 100. <laughs> <laughs> next time, make sure I get 100. I remember graduating from prep school. I was a top girl there. You know, he hugged me up. Hey, you know, reach high school yet? You still have a long way to go. Yeah. Reach the high school got all you know my ones and everything got my full scholarship to go to UE my daddy's like yeah but you still not get your degree yet now <laughs> <laughs> get my degree he told me congrats to the other day when I graduated from my first class and then he's like you make me proud but guess what there's still a long way for you to right. go and I appreciate that because it pushes me to just never get complacent never to get comfortable mm-hmm. and I think mantra that he always um reiterates to me is that you can be so close and not make it because mm-hmm. there's a thin line between success and failure and there are a lot of persons who peak early you know you start off you're almost at the finish line and you just never make it there because you get complacent or comfortable in the position that you are and so i think that that's something that fuels me pushes me drives me all the time propels me to just keep going 
keep pushing and keep going forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be a father now. So what, what's next for Tashi? <laughs> You're not at the end of the road yet. <laughs> not at all. And often I feel as if I'm being too hard on myself because even this recent feed that you know we're talking about now about my job at Morgan Stanley, I've yet to really celebrate it because it's like I just have this constant voice in my head saying, don't get too comfortable. You're really nowhere yet. You know, keep going, keep going. And so next for me is definitely graduate studies. That's something that I'm working assiduously in uh, moving on to. I am also looking into doing a career in actuarial science. I'm still contemplating whether or not I will, you know, to do those professional exams. And just overall, you know, seeing my way move up on the corporate ladder and try to branch off to in different ventures. I recently started a startup which is a tutoring company for, for for students at the tertiary primary and secondary level mm. that's something that's going for me Congrats, trying to man. Congrats. Yes, thank you mm. trying to venture out into public speaking as well and just to hone my holistic development as an individual so develop myself career-wise and just as a person on a well, you have a lot of plans there, um, Tashi, and I'm sure you're going to be um, realizing all of those. Um, so what advice do you have for our young people who, you know, on how to achieve their goals? Okay. Major advice I'd give anyone watching this on how to achieve your goals is to always remember that everyone's journey is going to be different. I've said this on every interview I've been on. Every mentor, mentee session that I've ever had, this is something that will always be uttered from my mouth. And it's that understand and appreciate the fact that your journey will never be the same as your friends. If you hear them say that, twins don't have the same fingerprint. It's the same thing with your life journey. You could be a twin. You could have your closest friend, your mother, your father. Your journey will never accurately mirror theirs it will never accurately mirror someone else's journey you know i'm 21 i'm at morgan stanley you know i went straight through started university at 17 finished at 20 got my first big career job at 21 that's my journey yours may be different maybe you take 10 years maybe you take 20 but that doesn't make me better than you it doesn't make me any more successful than you are because we're all there's space at the top for all of us mm-hmm. so i think that I, I you know i want to underscore that space space at the top for all of us if you're climbing a hill you could choose to go up a cable car you could choose to run you could choose to walk maybe you have to take a break maybe you have to turn back and maybe you'll start to climb another hill and that's okay you know it's it's really about appreciating what it is that you love also another thing i want to say is do what you love you'll be the one doing it uh, if you want to start over, it's okay to switch careers. It's okay to find yourself. It's okay to not know what you're doing. I felt like that before. I'm I'm probably at that stage right now. It's a very <laughs> complicated question when you ask me what's what's next. You know, I'm just really trying to figure it out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Taking it one step at a time and just ultimately trying to be the best that I can be at whatever I decide to do. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Um, it was great talking to you, Tashi. And I just want to wish you all the best um, uh, with your startup business and the, the, your time at Morgan Stanley. Yes. Yeah, man, it was Thank great talking so to you.